All right, Reese, tell them welcome to... It's okay, sweetheart. Hello, and welcome to my solo episode. Um, I just woke up, so I need to, like, get my voice going. <laughs> um, so today, it's my solo episode. This is Kenzie. And I've recorded this now. This will be my third time, but each time I'm like not happy with it, but I think I finally got there. So just to start, I thought I would start with like some updates, things that I'm going through or doing or have done. Um, so to start, I started working again, which is crazy because I kind of thought I was going to be done working after having my third baby. But I realized I think work just really makes me happy and having something for myself is really good for like my mental health and also just kind of helps me be a better mom to my kids. So I work for a company called Hydrodrug slash Acta and I have worked with them for a very long time, like three years now. And it all started with me being kind of over their social media and then doing photography for them. And now I'm kind of doing... I don't really know. I'm kind of working with Actimore, but it's fun and I'm really excited and I really like it a lot. And the second thing I want to talk about is that I dyed my hair. And why I want to talk about this is because it was so insane how long and how much money it costed. Like I still cannot get over it for like how little of a change it was. And maybe I'm just like, out of the loop and haven't dyed my hair in a long time and I went to a new place but it was crazy my hair was literally over $400 yes and I'm not saying that to brag or anything I'm saying that because I started like crying almost luckily I went to Las Vegas right after and I won enough money to pay off my hair because I was dying um so yeah I dyed my hair I have days where I like it and days where I'm just like this was the dumbest purchase of my life sort of thing, you know? Um, and then after that, my other update was, yes, me and Eva went to Vegas. I used to live in Las Vegas and Eva used to come visit me and we just love it. It's so fun. And it was such a fun little like mom getaway for me. We love playing craps. We also like we recorded an episode there. That's kind of like a vlog style one. So I'll probably release it just as like a little bonus. But we went to Vegas and I was able to pay pay, my, pay oh my gosh pay off my hair by playing craps. That's kind of our favorite game. I don't know if anyone likes that. Um, today I'm going to a cooking class with Jory. She's Jory Fit. If you don't follow her, what are you doing? Um, it's like a mamalay meal prep class and these have helped me a lot with a newborn and just three children, um, just throwing them in an instant pot and they're done in 20 minutes and they're like healthy meals. They have like all the macros on them. Not that I even, I'm just not a macro person. Maybe I'll do a whole episode where I talk about like fitness and body image stuff like that. But yeah, I just don't like macros or counting macros. But these have them on there if you do like that. And I don't know if I said, it's like a Mamalay meal prep class. So I'm going to that today. And then just to like end with this update of I'm getting a whole new wardrobe and I'm just manifesting it because I just want like pieces in my closet that are just like staples that are like 
not crazy colors and stuff, but they're just going to match and they're high quality. And so I just wanted to say Aritzia, I need a full new wardrobe because if you haven't shopped at Aritzia, it's amazing. I love it so much. They had one in, in Vegas and if you can actually just go shop in the store, it's so nice to be able to like try on things. And so, yeah, I'm just slowly working on kind of redoing my whole wardrobe with Aritzia pieces, not fully Aritzia, obviously, but I really, really do think it would be worth it to get like high quality stuff. So I'm not just like buying things and then getting rid of them in a couple of months or years. I really want stuff that like is going to last for a long time. Um, I thought that I would talk about a couple products that I'm loving. So number one product that I like literally couldn't live without as far as like face stuff goes is glow screen and glow screen for like my makeup. And then for night, this is going to be weird, but Aquaphor. I thought my whole couple past years that I needed to spend so much money by like drunk elephant products or any sort of expensive product for my face and this might not work for everyone but like I literally have been washing my face sometimes not washing my face which is crazy but I wash my face with like versed um stuff which I think you can get at Target and then I use Aquaphor as my moisturizer and my face has literally never felt better um so yes glow screen and Aquaphor and then the Drunk Elephant Bronze Drops, I mix those with Glow Screen and then just put that on my face in the morning. And I feel like it makes me look like I did something to my face with really doing like bare minimum. And then another product I'm loving, which everyone loves right now, but Birkenstocks. I like pushed off buying them for so long because I was like, I don't want to be like everyone. I'm going to be different, you know, whatever. But I bought them. It's worth every penny. I wear them every single day. They're so comfy. They're perfect for winter. I just love them so much. So if you don't have any, just get some because you can thank me later. And then the last thing that I wanted to say that I'm loving is my purple pillow. (laughs) So like if you don't know, purple is like a mattress company. They're like purple squishy stuff. Uh, And Brayden got me that for our anniversary, a purple pillow. And it's amazing and life-changing and the best thing ever. So if you need a new pillow, get a purple pillow. They're really worth it. Um, okay, so let's get into t- today's episode. I'm talking about core memories or moments in my life and how they like affected me or what I learned from them. So to start, we're going back to childhood. We're starting with kind of a heavy one. And I talked about this before, but it is a core memory to me. And it's when I was in my childhood home and my parents were fighting upstairs could hear them I think me Holden and Eva were like in our living room area and I heard my dad yell do you just want to get a divorce I know this is kind of like heavy but this is a core memory and I think it just kind of foreshadowed a lot of like the anxiety that I would have growing up and just the feeling of not being in like a stable house um and so that was something that happened when I was really little and so I think I just kind of learned in this moment like things weren't stable, like it wasn't safe all the way. And so I kind of developed having anxiety little. Um, A second core memory, and this one will be happier. It's not like a specific memory, but it was just remembering how much we were outside as kids. So my parents taught us how to ski and snowboard, wakeboard, dirt bike, all of that stuff at like such young ages. That's basically what we did like all year round. 
I'm like so grateful that they taught us this stuff because they basically, this taught me to never sit still, which is like good and bad, but I take it as good because, because of this, I haven't sat still and I've been able to like travel all around the world. And I've, I get to teach my kids all of these things like snowboarding and wakeboarding, all this stuff that I grew up loving and watch them love it like as much as I did. So let me clear my throat. Um, I'm just really grateful for that. My parents really taught me, taught me just how to be outside and to kind of disconnect from the world and reconnect with what was around me. And I've gotten worse at this over the years, but I'm really trying to like disconnect from like social media and all that stuff and just trying to be like present in the world and being outside more because it makes me so much happier. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, a third core memory slash moment. This is such a weird one, but it just popped into my brain and I was like, that kind of was like a big moment. Okay. So I was at a soccer tournament and I've, I grew up playing competition soccer for La Roca. And so we would do soccer tournaments, like traveling. We were in Arizona, I think. And I was newer to my soccer team because I had to move down at age because my birthday's in August. So I was always the like baby in school, but in soccer, they made me like go down. So I was like the oldest on my soccer team. Um, so I had like no good friends on it because I had to move down to the younger team and I was kind of like shy growing up in social situations. And so I remember I was like, we were all, um, staying in the hotel and all the girls were together and they started prank calling people, but I was just like a bystander and kind of just watching like shy. I didn't really have any friends yet. And they were like, Kenzie, do you want to do a prank call? This sounds bad at the, like now to say, but like prank calling used to be so fun and entertaining. It's like before Instagram and everybody could just numb their brains. You had to like be creative. So prank calling was so funny. Um, so I was like, uh, sure, I guess I'll do it. And so I was prank calling and I was nervous at the beginning of the prank call. And then I think I just like kind of let my personality show as I was prank calling people. And I just was having fun with it. And all the girls were started laughing and I could just tell they kind of like related to me more. I don't know. As soon as I was done prank calling and we like this night was over, I immediately had friends and they like kind of took me under their wing and I was like part of the team after this. And this is weird. I know. But I think this moment is kind of a core memory because it taught me that like just being myself would get me a lot further than pretending to be something that I wasn't or like hiding myself. Um, and I've, I still struggled with it growing up, but I got better and better to the point where now I just feel like I'm not super shy. I still, I mean, I'm not always just like, hello, here I am. But I definitely show myself more at the beginning because yes, this taught me just be you and people will like that a lot better than you pretending to be something that you're not. Um, okay. On to my fourth core memory. This is a big one and it is moving to Hawaii for college. Um, besides my parents' divorce, this was basically the hardest thing I had ever done up to this point in my life. Like I literally moved to an Island that I had never even been to before. And I did it completely by myself. Yes. My mom dropped me off, but she was only there for a week and then she was gone. Um, it was literally the best decision I ever made though. Um, this moment is big because I think it's when I really discovered who like Kenzie was and I would recommend this to anyone who is young and like out of high school 
if you're like feeling lost or confused or something, I think you just need to like get away. Like you need to go and be alone and away from things that you grew up with your whole life to discover who you really are and what you really want to do with your life. And so that's what this moment was for me. It just taught me to be like independent and taught me just how to be me and who I wanted to be like in this earth as like an adult, you know? Um, so yeah, I think the hardest moments are like the biggest shaping moments of your life. And this was one of those. Um, my fifth core memory slash moment is when me and Brayden became boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, I'm just going to tell this whole story. I think I've told this to like, I will tell this to a lot of people, but for some reason it feels weird just recording it. But I think it is such a huge moment in my life. So when I met Brayden, I was 18 and then shortly after turned 19. So I was very young, but I knew he was like so special and I always was confused and not sure I was where we were at, like with our relationship because we started dating and it started really strong and then kind of like went to this weird, like just texting sort of hooky. I don't know. It was weird and it was confusing to me. And I really, really liked him. And I kind of knew I didn't want to like date anyone else. And I know I was so young, but he was just special, like I said. So there was a night when we were all at a friend's house and I was just waiting for Brayden to come. And he ended up coming, but like super late. And he came in and he talked to me for like a couple minutes and then got up and left. And I remember, I think I was just sitting on like the steps and I was just kind of like bummed, you know? And a boy came over to me and he was like, you know what? Brayden doesn't treat you very good. And I just like instantly got like a pit in my stomach and like a thing in my throat where I wanted to start crying. Cause I was like, why would someone say like, it wasn't true. Brayden always treated me very well, but for someone to like come say that, I was like, you know what? You're kind of right in the fact that I deserve someone who's going to choose me and like be head over heels for me. Like I deserve to have the very best. So I was like, I like pulled Hannah into like a bathroom and I was like, Hey, I gotta like end things with Brayden. Like I just need it to be done so I can focus on just finding someone else or just focus on anything else besides this boy, you know? And so I was like, okay, I put together this whole plan. I was going to have Hannah come cause Brayden was hanging out with a friend, his friend, Ryan. I don't even no one knows either Ryan and so Brayden basically wanted me to find like a friend for Ryan and so that we could all go watch a movie together blah, blah, blah. so I was like Hannah you gotta come with me you gotta come watch a movie with Ryan but I'm gonna like pull Brayden out during the movie and just like end things and then we can go and so Hannah's like uh, okay but you have to promise that like this boy is not gonna try to like cuddle with me or do anything and I was like he won't he won't try anything don't worry and so then I moved to step two of my plan and that was calling Holden, my brother. And I was like, Holden, I need you to get mom's car and like leave it a couple blocks away from Brayden's parents' house so that I can tell him, hey, I need to go get my mom's car. Can you like drive me there so that I can get him away from the movie so I can break up with him? I think I was kind of like crying on the phone to Holden and he was like, yeah, sure. Like so nice. It was a Friday night and he probably was doing hanging out with friends this just shows that even though Holden probably hated me at points, he still was like such a good brother and did this. So I get Hannah, Brayden and Ryan come pick us up. Hannah gets in the car. We go to Brayden's parents' house. We're in the basement. They have like a little theater thing and Brayden turns on a movie 
the second I mean, I mean this the second Hannah and Ryan sit on the couch, his arm is around her. And I just looked at her and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, and she's just like looking at me like whatever, you know? So she was, such a, this is seriously proves what a good friend she was. Cause she just toughed it out and cuddled with this boy who she didn't even know really. And, um, right as the movie started, I looked at Brayden and I was like, Hey, I, can you hurry and take me to go pick up my mom's car? I need to go get it. And, and after I made the choice, like, I'm just going to end things with Brayden. I was so calm. Like I wasn't emotional. Like I was just like, this will be so good. I will just be done. So we get in the car and Brayden is driving. He's being cute. He like turns on like a cute little love song and like turns it up. And like is driving and like holding my hand and the whole time I'm like, he has no idea. And so we get to my mom's car and I just like remember like reaching and turning the radio down, like the song that he's playing. And I just looked at him and I was like, hey, so I deserve to have someone that wants to be with me. And if you don't want to choose me and be with me, then I don't want to talk anymore. Like I don't want to be friends. I don't, it's just too hard. And so you can either pick me and we can have this great relationship or we're just going to be done and I don't want to like even talk. And he was just so shocked, like what is going on? And I was like, and I will be like, I will be fine either way. It wasn't like I was really forcing him to, you know, and he just looked at me and he was like, I pick you. And I remember it was just like, the craziest thing for him to just say something like, you know, and it was great. I feel like that was just such because from that point on, after he said, like, I choose you and I pick you, I've never felt like he didn't pick me. Like he has always put me first and always just chosen me and made me like the happiest person ever. And this is a core memory for me because it taught me that if I didn't put my foot down, if I didn't know what I deserved, um, and if I didn't think, oh my gosh, if I didn't think I deserved the very best, no one else would. So that's what this taught me is just like, hey, you need to always put yourself, not put yourself first, but you always need to know your worth. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. Because if you don't know your worth, other people won't either. So that's what this taught me. Um, and okay, on to the next one. I'm going to combine these core memories together by saying like traveling. Uh, like I know it's cliche traveling, but like traveling really has taught me in a way how unimportant I am in the grand scheme of things and not in like a bad way, but in a like get over yourself way and just experience life sort of way. The world is so big and there's so much to see and so many cultures and so many people and like my things that I'm going through in the grand scheme of the whole world are just so little. And sometimes it helps me just be like, get over yourself and just like be in the moment and like just experience how crazy and beautiful the world is. And, and it's just something that I love and I'm hoping my kids love it as we can try to start traveling again. Who knows how this is going to be with three children, but that's a big core thing for me is just what traveling has taught me. And I love it. I know it's not for everyone though, but like, I don't even get how you kind of like traveling. It's like so cool to see the world. Anyways, on to the next one. Um, I'm almost done. 
another core memory for me is buying my first camera, my first like DL, DSLR camera. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but you know, you get what I mean. My first like real nice, expensive, professional camera. Um, I told Brayden like three months after we were married that I wanted to be a photographer and I had no like photography experience except from the fact that I loved taking pictures with my little digital cameras throughout high school and then I liked dressing Eva up and taking pictures of her like in fun outfits and stuff and so I was just like you know what I think I want to be a photographer and Brayden was like okay yeah you can be a photographer like let's buy you a camera so he bought me my first camera and it was such a cool moment. I just remember from then on, I basically never dropped that camera. Um, I, he got me the camera and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to, I want to like do cool document, like documentary. Oh my gosh. Documentaries. Gosh, I can't talk and do cool like photo series. I really loved the humans of New York Instagram account. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but it was like, he would take pictures of people like really cool portraits and then put like their story under it. And that really like resonated with me for some reason. I really loved that. So I got my camera, my freaking expensive camera. I'm 20 years old and I go to where? The homeless shelter in Salt Lake City by myself. And Brayden was calling me a hundred times. He was so scared because I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to the homeless shelter and like take portraits of people and get their stories. And he was like, no, you're not. And I was like, yeah, I am. And then I just stopped answering my phone. Um, and so as I was walking to the homeless shelter, I got catcalled a hundred times by some men on the street, but I was determined to be this little photographer. And I met this kid, his name was Jojo and he was about like my age. And he was like, Hey, you can't do this by yourself. He's like, I'll go with you. I'll help you and just make sure you're safe. Cause he was like, people are crazy here. And I was like, Oh cool. Like this boy wants to help me. He was so sweet and nice. And he really did just come help me get people's stories. And people were like as open and nice as I was hoping. I wish I could find the pictures. Cause I did it. I did get like five to 10 people's stories and I had these pretty portraits of them. I actually like presented it in my photography class, my senior year of college. Um, but it was cool. I just, I, I mean, Hawaii, like I said, Hawaii kind of taught me to just like go out and do things that I wanted to do. And that was this with photography. Um, so I started with that. And then from then on, I've done like weddings and birth stories and elopements and huge moments in people's lives that I've got to be a part of. And I got to document for them. And then it ultimately like led me to getting this job with Hydrodrug because Reese was about a year old and I had applied for a job at a company called Albion Fit and that didn't work out because they wanted me to be there more full time and a connection from Albion actually connected me with the owner of Hydrodrug and I just haven't looked back as far as with Hydrodrug like they were just a small little company kind of like still with family and I was kind of their one of their like first outside hires out of their friends and family and it was just so fun they just really trusted me and I got to be their photographer for this company and start to just do it on a more like professionalish level and 
from then on, I mean, my three sister-in-laws work at this company now and I've been there for like three years and just learned so much, honestly, about like business and how companies work and about just like work ethic. I don't know. It's taught me a lot about just the world and business stuff. So I'm really, really grateful for the moment where we just bought that camera. I remember we were like literally sitting on our bed and he was like, okay, let's buy the camera. And I remember like when he hit purchase and everything and it was just so crazy. Um, so yeah, that's a very big moment in my life. And then to end, I just wanted to talk about my last core memory slash moments. And that is becoming a mom, a mom to my three perfect little babies. Um, I think becoming a mom is probably the biggest shock. Like it is the biggest core shock that any woman will ever experience. <laughs> At least for me, I'm just, yeah, I should only speak for myself. But becoming a mom is something that really no one could prepare me for. Um, but it was something that I needed more than anything really in the world. Um, and I just want to start by saying like this moment taught me immediately how to be selfless. Um, and almost kind of reveals how selfish you are up until this point. Um, the, okay. So motherhood is all about being selfless. It's about choosing to love babies and their needs above yourself. So myself and it's not even a sacrifice. Like when you talk about motherhood, I think people like to think of it as a sacrifice. It It's a sacrifice, yes, but like above anything, it's a blessing. It teaches you so much and it's about choosing to love these babies and needs above myself and, and they just teach me so much. Like they've taught me patience. <laughs> Heaven knows these babies have taught me patience. Um, they've taught me how to be present. I think that's something that kids really can remind you of is to just be present in the moment. Something that my mom kind of mentioned to me that I'm trying to like be aware of is that she was saying she never really felt like she just like was present and in the moment and just played with us as kids. She said it was kind of always like a to-do list in her head of like, we'll wake up, then we'll do this, then we'll do that, and then we'll go here, and then we'll do this. And you know, like, and I fall into that a lot of just like the checklist of the day of being a mom versus the moments of being a mom and being present with my kids. Um, and so I have to literally remind myself when they're playing and stuff to not be like, okay guys, now let's go do it. You know, it's like, Hey, just like sit and play with them for 10 minutes. And honestly, it's hard. It's seriously so hard to just be like 10 minutes of just not thinking of my to-do list and just playing with these babies. Um, so that's something that I'm working on is just being present more, but that's what they've taught me. They've taught me to be present. They've taught me to just enjoy small things. They've shown me also kind of at points how broken my inner child still is. Um, let's just reverse. I want to say that my kids have brought me so much joy and you almost feel like you're soul is in them and I've used this analogy a couple times with people I've talked to lately but I was trying to explain to my husband how it feels when like my kids are sick or like they're sad or something and I was like it's like Harry Potter and well, like a horcrux like your soul gets split 
into these children. Like if I have three kids, my soul is split into, I guess you could say four because there's me, but then these three kids, like part of me is in them. And if they're hurting, I'm hurting. If they're scared, I'm scared. You know, I feel everything they're going through, like as if it were me almost. And so that's kind of like a thing that I'm trying to work on is maybe, I don't know if that's healthy. <laughs> like maybe I shouldn't be feeling it so deep, but that's really, I really do think that's what motherhood is, is your soul kind of splitting into these humans and your part, part of you is in them now. And it's cool and it's hard to balance it. Um, and so now something about my babies that it's taught about me in moments that I'm kind of trying to work on right now is like how broken maybe my inner child still is. I don't want to sound dramatic, but like there's moments where uh, I'll be like watching my babies with Brayden and I'll, he'll be like be playing with them and being such a great dad. He's such a good dad. And then I will get sad and I'm like, why am I like sad? And it's almost like I'm sad that I didn't have a dad that would come home and play with me sort of thing. Like I'm watching them get something that I didn't. And it's weird because it's like I'm watching it. And I'm so incredibly grateful for the life that I'm able to give my kids. Like it's a life that I dreamed of having as a kid, but it's almost like I'm so incredibly grateful. I'm giving it to him. And I'm at the same time mourning a life that I never got as a kid. Um, and I'm not really sure if this is something like people can relate to, but it's something I'm honestly going through. Like still, like every time I have a baby, I'll have these moments where I'm like, Hey, like I'm still this inner Kenzie, this little inner child Kenzie still isn't fully healed from stuff that she's gone through. And to be honest, even like looking at my parents or grandparents or just older generations, I kind of don't know if your inner child ever fully, fully gets healed. Like you can see a lot of childhood stays with you your whole life, you know? So I'm currently just like working on this and I've gotten a lot better um, my husband's just like an angel who helps me so much. I have a lot of postpartum anxiety, so I'm still kind of in this stage of my postpartum journey, but it gets better. And I just, I'm kind of ending by saying like, I'm in my, you know, my mom era of life. And I think I was fighting it for a long time of just being like, you know what? I'm not just a mom. I'm going to do hundred million things and I'm going to do good at all of them. And it was kind of like the point where I think it's in Matthew McConaughey's book. I haven't read it, but I've heard a lot of people reference where it's like, instead of getting A's on a couple things in life, I was getting C's on everything I was doing. Like I was trying to do too many things and I wasn't doing a great job at any of them, like including being a mom and stuff. And I really needed to take a step back and just reevaluate like the very important things and really try to get like A's on them, really try to do my best and, and enjoy the things that I'm choosing to do like to the fullest. So taking a step back from the jobs I was doing and now doing a new sort of role, um, for my like actual job has helped a lot only work like two hours a day. And that's perfect because it gives me time where I feel like I'm doing something and kind of helping our family out. But I also get to spend a lot of time with my kids still. And then 
um, fitness and like working out has always been a very important thing to me, but I would like to say it was probably too important. You know, like I was choosing that above a lot of things and just this last pregnancy with Bowie, I really kind of just stepped back from working out and just chose to do things if I felt like it, you know, like if I wanted to do a workout, I would do it. And that's helped a lot. Um, because sometimes with kids, you can't, you can't always just like work out, do like an hour and a half workout. Sometimes you don't get to, and I don't want to be frustrated at my kids if I don't get to work out. And so I finally got into a place. I mean, I still get frustrated, but I've gotten to a healthier place with it where it's just, you know, like, I'm just kind of like going with the flow, you know, I wanted to end this podcast by saying that being a mom is hard. And this is, I'm talking so much about being a mom because that's just really like, I'm in the thick of it. I have a four or two and a newborn. And so that's all I'm doing all day long. So yes, being a mom is hard, but being a mom makes me harder on myself than anything. I think most moms like to critique themselves and they focus more on their mom failures than their mom wins of the day. And so I kind of wanted to end by doing something that I don't ever do. And that's just by like telling myself you're an amazing mom. I've really never like said that to myself. Like I've looked for that from other people and I've never really like told myself like you are an amazing mom. Like your babies, they chose you. They look at you with so much love in their eyes because you're their mom. Like you were chosen to be their mom. You know them better than anyone else. So don't ever question your intuition and you're doing amazing, sweetheart. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. I'm like going to start crying. I just think it's like so important to, to speak to yourself, how you would speak to other people, because I think we're so hard on ourselves and we all deserve to give ourselves a little credit. I think lately what I've been learning is that I'm like a words of affirmation person and I've been like really trying to seek that through people around me, but I haven't been giving it to myself. Like I think if you're feeling like you're lacking some sort of love language in your life, maybe you need to like reevaluate and think if you're even expressing that love to yourself because I haven't been. And so even just like saying that makes me feel more like valued and like fills up that cup a little bit more instead of trying to seek it from other people. So, okay, not to get like all emotional and weird at the end of the episode, but I really do think today or whenever you're listening to this, just like stop and give yourself a compliment and really like try to think of something where you feel like you're kind of like empty, you know, think of something where you're feeling like you're lacking and give yourself a compliment in that area. Or if you're like, I'm an acts of service type of person, go do an act of service for yourself you know, try to do something for yourself. That's going to fill your little like love cup. Um, because we all need to remember that. And like, especially me right now. Um, but I love you all sweethearts. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really, really love doing this so much. Talking is kind of, you know, it's one of my love, love languages. I said, I love words of affirmation. I love talking. I like talking my feelings out. So this is perfect for me. So I really appreciate anyone who even listens to this. Um, Eva's going to have a solo episode coming out soon. We're going to have our brother on, our dad, 
so many fun episodes coming out i'm really excited so please subscribe to our podcast it's on apple it's on spotify um and please also leave us a rating and review because that would be awesome i know that really helps and don't forget to follow our instagram it's it's okay sweetheart dot podcast and that's where we're gonna post like questions topics stuff like that and you can kind of stay up to date on things that we're doing uh yeah so that's the end of my episode hopefully this wasn't crazy and all over the place but i and i hope you got something from it so yeah bye have a great day love you little sweeties